It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. It is week 14 in the NFL. It is episode number two of the Fantasy Feast podcast. And you know what? Let's be honest. Some of you, maybe the fantasy season didn't really go your way. It definitely did not for me in the Fantasy Feast League. My quarterbacks were Big Ben and Darnold. They both got hurt. My tight ends were Jordan Reed, trying to figure out who else it was. Anyway, so if you're like me and your fantasy team was not great, now would be a great time to get over to betonline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 to get the 50% sign-up bonus, which is glorious and we love it. He is Joe Dolan. Certainly check him out on Twitter at FG underscore Joe Dolan. He's a total stud. Love having him as my co-host. Great personality, great analysis, and I get at least one or two emails over at RossTucker.com a week about how much you guys love Joe, which is awesome. Really appreciate that. Even those of you, even those of you on on the Patreon page, Patreon.com slash RT Media, have been mentioning that. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts, including today, the Even Money podcast, as well as an Andrew Brandt Wednesday edition of the Ross Tucker football podcast. Andrew Brandt, sports business expert, former Packers front office executive. Love him almost as much as I love Joe's breakdowns of these games. Let's dive back into it here, Joe. Chargers, the Bolts at the Jags. Yuck. Uh, well, the the buzz about Philip Rivers and the, the potential that they might sit him kind of worries me for Keenan Allen because if they put Tyrod Taylor in, I think it becomes a uh, a tougher spot for Keenan Allen because we never really considered Tyrod that high-volume, efficient, short-to-intermediate-area passer. The one guy who I think would benefit if they switched to Tyrod Taylor at any point would be Mike Williams, who went over 100 yards last week. I think he's a more effective receiver than he's shown this year. I don't even think he – I don't. he doesn't have a receiving touchdown this year. So, But he did go for over 100 yards against Denver. So uh, Keenan Allen, I think you have to downgrade on the part – on the thought that maybe Tyrod Taylor actually ends up playing quarterback at some point here. Um, though uh, you had, still have to play him. Maybe you boost up Mike Williams uh, in this matchup. It's not a matchup that I view restrictive in the least. Um, Hunter Henry was a huge disappointment last week, just two for 10. You still have to roll with him. There's not many better fantasy options than Hunter Henry. Um, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler right now, both of them are PPR RB twos. They have found out a rotation that kind of works. Gordon had 20 carries. Eckler had five targets and scored a passing touchdown uh, against the Broncos last week. So both of those guys are fantasy viable, but you cannot play Phillip Rivers right now because the, the, the game has not looked good and there is a chance they go to Tyrod Taylor at some point. What about um, for the Jags getting Minshew back in there? Uh, I- Six of one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, 
Uh, right now, and by the way, Minshew, this is not at all an indictment of his career. I mean, the guy's a sixth-round pick who's played pretty well. Um, but Nick Foles turned the ball over three times and a half last week. They had to make the move to Minshew, who ended up throwing a pick himself. He also fumbled, though he didn't lose it. Um, uh, Leonard Fournette is the guy who I'm focused on. Minshew uh, really started to help him get involved in the passing game. That has continued. Fournette's on pace for like 90 catches this year. So I think he's a really good DFS option this week. Um, hopefully DJ Chark uh, takes advantage of a decent enough matchup, though he was a huge disappointment against the Buccaneers last week. The guy I'm down on is D.D. Westbrook, who just did not have a lot of juice with Gardner Minshew, even though he got the touchdown from Minshew against the Buccaneers last week. I think Chark is back to being a wide receiver three. So is D.D. Westbrook. The only guy I feel really good about at all is Leonard Fournette. Wow. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much of a difference Minshew makes. And obviously they've got that Foles contract to deal with. How about the Steelers with Duck at the Cardinals? Well, Duck didn't kill the Steelers last week. As a matter of fact, he kept them in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. Um, he can move around um, and, and he takes shots down the field. I'll give that to him. The question is for the Steelers, and, and we're not going to know this until later in the week, what's the hell status of James Conner? What's the hell status of Juju Smith-Schuster? Because those two guys are going to be important in deciding who of these players is playable. Because if James Conner plays, Benny Snell is not playable for fantasy. If James Conner does not play, I like Benny Snell as a mid to low range running back too against this uh, this Cardinal defense. So Benny Snell is their early down back. Jalen Samuels they kind of use as the passing down back, though the numbers haven't been there for him. And then James Washington. Does he get the Patrick Peterson shadow treatment? Because he's been the only receiver worth a damn uh, for Pittsburgh. And hell, that even includes Juju Smith-Schuster. So if Juju plays, maybe he doesn't get the shadow treatment. But uh, I would consider right now James Washington and Juju both wide receiver threes because um, I'm a little bit worried about the Peterson matchup. However, this Cardinal defense has been so bad um, that I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, blame anybody for taking a shot on Washington or Juju. Um, the Rams shredded them last week, and Peterson obviously has not been uh, either himself or the guy that uh, that his reputation suggested he is. So, wide receiver threes here, and then we got to wait to see about the backfield. What about the Cardinals? Well, Kyler Murray uh, did not look healthy last week. He has the, the the hamstring injury. Bad matchup for him. Bad matchup for Larry Fitzgerald. Bad matchup for Christian Kirk. Um, Christian Kirk, by the way, I'm just really glad he didn't get hurt running into the goalpost last week. Um, and David Johnson, you can drop him right now. He is useless for fantasy. The only back you can consider, and pretty much the only Cardinal I want to play, is Kenyon Drake, who did all right against the Rams, but he's really the only Cardinal I'm in any way excited about in this matchup. It's a brutal matchup for a rookie quarterback. Um, it, it, it's Kenyon Drake and maybe Fitz as a wide receiver three, a brutal matchup for the Arizona Cardinals. What about the Titans and the Raiders, Joe? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, baby, uh, he has thrown multiple touchdowns in all six of his starts. Uh, his He actually had a season low in fantasy points uh, against the Colts last week. He didn't really need to do anything. He didn't need to run the football. But there are two Tennessee Titans worth considering, Ross. Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Their leading receiver last week was A.J. Brown with 45 yards on three catches. That's not getting it done. When you're talking about empty depth, 
depth that you are not going to use on your fantasy rosters this time of year. I'm talking about the Titans receivers and tight ends. When are you going to use these guys? When are you going to feel good about it? I understand that this is a good matchup, but use Ryan Tannehill. Don't worry about the receivers. I would rather drop a Corey Davis or an A.J. Brown for a second defense than try to take a guess on when one of them is going to have a huge game. Derrick Henry is a slam dunk top five running back. Ryan Tannehill is a borderline QB1, high-end QB2 this week. Certainly somebody you can consider streaming. I do not want to mess with this receiving core. This is a very simple team for me. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, or bust. What about for the Raiders, Joe? They've struggled the last couple weeks offensively. I mean, is it Josh Jacobs and who else? Uh, Tyrell Williams is really hard to trust right now. Just uh, one catch for nine yards. I believe he got dinged up in that game. Um, it's Josh Jacobs and it's Darren Waller. Derek Carr, not playable right now. Um, he didn't, Derek Carr did not have a good game uh, when everybody was streaming him in week in week uh, 12 against the Jets. He had a terrible game, as a matter of fact. Did not play well last week, had, had the two bad interceptions. Uh, Ross, I, it's, it's Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Buss for me. With this team, nobody else I can trust. Okay, we've got Sunday marquee game now. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots. Been looking forward to seeing what you would say about this one. Uh, well, here's the thing with the Patriots. they Their offense is just not good right now. And they finally figured out last week against the Texans to involve James White more. But some of those numbers against the Texans were a little bit fraudulent. I mean, a lot of it in garbage time. Um James White and Julian Edelman each scored touchdowns, essentially with the game out of reach uh, late in the fourth quarter. They scored within the final four minutes of that game, which really bolstered both their numbers and Tom Brady's numbers. That being said, I think Brady is in play uh, against Kansas City. This is the highest projected lined game of the week. Um mostly because there's a lack of other options out there. This is the first week I can remember this year that doesn't have a game lined above 50 points. So I'm going to consider uh, those guys, Julian Edelman for sure, James White for sure. Sony Michelle is so frustrating for fantasy because he doesn't do anything in the passing game. I think he's now gone like close to six weeks without scoring a touchdown. Uh, let me let me uh, look that look that up to to be sure. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been since week number uh, seven when he scored three touchdowns against the Jets. That's the last time Michelle scored a touchdown, and he has only three catches in a six-game span since then. So a really poor performance for Sony Michelle. However, the Chiefs have been exploitable on the ground. I actually think this is a solid week to fire up Michelle as a low-end RB2 because I do think the Patriots are going to try to run the football. So I do like uh, I do like Julian Edelman. I do like James White, and I do like Michelle, and I think you can consider Brady, but the rest of this team is a mess offensively. What about the Chiefs on the other side who've won a couple games with Patrick Mahomes not having to be a superhuman? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how Patrick Mahomes is yesterday's news now, right? Like, oh, it's Lamar Jackson. You know, people are like, oh, you know, Mahomes makes these dumb throws every once in a while. And he does. Um, uh, but you don't want to coach them out of him. Uh, you're playing Patrick Mahomes uh, if you have him, unless you have Lamar Jackson, too. You're playing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I know it's the Patriots, but it, it's Mahomes. You got to play him. Tyreek Hill, tough matchup against Stefan Gilmore. So, um, going to be really interesting to see what the the Patriots do. Last year in the in the AFC Championship game, 
the Patriots lined up J.C. Jackson on Travis Kelsey, and he kind of shut him down uh, in the AFC Championship game. So it's a tough matchup across the board for Kansas City, but you can't convince me in season long. DFS is a different story. If you want to fade the Chiefs in DFS, that's your prerogative, but you can't convince me in season long that because of what happened in the AFC Championship game last year to Travis Kelsey that you can sit him this week. It's just not happening. Um, the, the one thing I will say, the secondary receivers here, how can you trust any of them? Sammy Watkins was catchless against the Raiders. Catchless. Uh, you can't play him right now in this tough matchup. So I'm playing Kelsey. I'm playing Hill. I'm playing uh, Mahomes. And then the question becomes this backfield. Are Daryl Williams and Damian Williams going to miss? If both of those guys miss, Darwin Thompson, does he become the lead back? Because LaShawn McCoy has not looked good. Um, it, it, it's a huge question that that is probably going to take a few days to actually answer. Um, I think McCoy is a mid to low end flex. Darwin Thompson, mid to low end flex right now. If you want to pick him up off the waiver wire, I have no issue doing so. It's just a tough matchup. This is a hard backfield to figure out. And the passing game is really pretty simple. Kelsey Hill and Mahomes. I'm not playing anybody else. Okay. Well, I want to get to then Sunday night football. How about the Seahawks at the Rams? The question for the Seahawks heading into week 13 was, is it going to be Carson? Or is it going to be Penny? We sort of got the answer. It was both of them. Both of them uh, uh, took over in that game. And I think both of them are playable right now. RB2 for Carson, flex for Rashad Penny. I, I'm totally content using both of them. And it was important to see that the Seahawks got Rashad Penny going in the passing game. He had five targets and four catches on, uh, on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. The four catches... Ross, that was more than he had the entire season coming in. He, has st he still has only seven catches on the year. So interesting to see that they used him in the screen game against Minnesota. You wonder if that's going to be part of their attack against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, earlier this season in this matchup, uh, Tyler Lockett scored a touchdown. Chris Carson um, had a touchdown. DK Metcalf scored. Russell Wilson had himself a solid game through for four touchdowns on just 23 pass attempts. So I'm playing Russell Wilson. I'm playing DK Metcalf against the Rams, though I do think Metcalf could see some of the Jalen Ramsey shadow coverage. The bad news is, what do we do with Tyler Lockett, who over the past two games has just one catch on five targets? Over the past three games, he has just four catches on nine targets, and this was after he tore up Tampa Bay for 13 for 152 and two touchdowns back in week number nine. Tyler Lockett is a low-end wide receiver three right now. The problem is I don't know how you sit him knowing what his upside is. He's somebody who has utterly killed people. Um, so Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are wide receiver threes. I think Chris Carson is an RB2, Rashad Penny a, a flex option, and I think Jacob Hollister is a low to mid-range starting tight end. He had eight targets against the Vikings on, on, on Monday night, and then you're playing Russell Wilson. This is actually a pretty deep fantasy team right now, but I understand that Tyler Lockett is frustrating people. You might have gotten eliminated because of Tyler Lockett. What about the other side, the Rams? What got into them and Jared Goff and Robert Woods and Higby against the Cardinals? 
Well, they needed to take advantage of a bad matchup. And that we saw a vintage kind of 2018-2018 Rams performance in that game. Goff goes for over 400 yards. Todd Gurley goes for over 100 yards from scrimmage and scores a touchdown. Cooper Cup, uh, a huge game for him. A massive game for Robert Woods, who, by the way, still has not scored a touchdown this year, believe it or not. Um at least in the passing game. I think he has a rushing touchdown. Uh, but it's been a rough go of it uh, for the Rams for most of the year. However, Jared Goff threw for nearly 400 yards in this matchup earlier this year. It is all systems go for me. For the Rams, I trust them all. I trust Robert Woods. I trust Cooper Cup. This is a good matchup for the tight ends. We saw uh, Kyle Rudolph score on Monday night against the Vikings. Uh, or excuse me, against the Seahawks. So Tyler Higby, if Gerald Everett doesn't play, I'm playing him. I think Todd Gurley's a high-end RB2 in this matchup. The only guy I'd have reservations about is Brandon Cooks, who has been an utter zero for fantasy. The last time Brandon Cooks went up and beyond 10, just 10 fantasy points in a PPR was all the way back in week number four. It has been 10 weeks since Brandon Cooks even had double-digit fantasy points. That's a guy I'm willing to sit at this point. Monday night football. Wow, Joe. It's the Giants who I had as the worst team in the NFL in my power rankings uh, on yesterday's Ross Tucker football podcast, Tuesday power rankings edition, against the Eagles, who I guess the good news is the Eagles actually did some things offensively. Aguilar had a couple nice plays. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey was excellent. Unfortunately, their defense struggled, and Zach Ertz maybe had the worst game I've ever seen him have. One of them, for uh, sure. I mean, so Zach Ertz, Ross, count, count three bad plays that he made in that game. On the Eagles' first drive, he slips on a route. Should have been a touchdown, um, and it results in nearly an interception. So he slipped on that route. Later in the game, and, and I would consider it the turning point of the entire game, the, they, the Eagles have a second down play, and Wentz puts it on the money on a post pattern, and Ertz, it hits him right in the hands with no resistance from the defense. He just drops it. And the Eagles end up having to settle for a field goal that they end up missing. It was the turning point of the game. And then, of course, late in the game, probably meant more for fantasy than anything else. Wentz puts one on the money in the end zone, and Ertz gets the ball knocked away from him. Terrible game for Zach Ertz. So even when Aguilar comes out and makes plays, even when Jeffrey's out there making plays and is healthy, Miles Sanders has a big game. Then the guys that you rely on all his career, Zach Ertz, he has a bad game. It's an example of a bad football team right now. The Eagles cannot get the offense and the defense in sync at the same time. Ryan Fitzpatrick shredded them. Jim Schwartz should be utterly embarrassed by what happened in that game. The, the problem is here, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to do the same thing. I think the Eagles are going to get after him. I think they're going to force a ton of turnovers in this game. I actually think the Eagles are going to blow out the Giants. So for me, it's all systems go for the Eagles. We'll see about Jordan Howard later in the week. But I love Miles Sanders, who should be their lead back. They should be getting him the ball more. I like Wentz this week. I love Jeffrey this week. I think Ertz rebounds, and I think you can play Goddard. Uh, all those guys are in consideration for me. The, I think – I, I totally agree with you, Ross. I know people are laughing about the Eagles losing to the Dolphins, and they should because it was an embarrassing performance by the defense. However, I just think the Dolphins at this point are a far more competitive team than the Giants are. Uh, I would agree. I mean, Devontae Parker and Gesicki, it wasn't like it was dropped coverages or bad coverages. They were just 
dunking on Darby and Jalen Mills heads. They're just bigger and able to make the contested catches. What, what do you got fantasy wise? Uh, you're firing up the Eagles. Anything else to be said about the Giants, Saquon or, uh, or the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, last week, it's unfortunate that last week has to be considered a good game for Saquon, uh, but that's kind of what it is. I mean, he, against the Packers in that game, went over 100 yards from scrimmage. I still wish the Giants would shut him down. Um, I'm not sure really what their plan is with him, but the Eagle run defense has been phenomenal all season long. Very few guys have really taken advantage of them, but Saquon's an RB2. If you're still alive and you have him, you just got to play him. Um, He did have the 115-yard yards from scrimmage. Um, I, I don't really see somebody who's got the size to take advantage of the Eagles uh, in the receiving core the way that, um, that as you mentioned, Gasicki and Parker did. But if you're dying, maybe if Evan Ingram doesn't play, you can use Caden Smith, who had eight targets and actually led the Giants in both catches and receiving yards against the Packers last week, six catches and 70 receiving yards. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Darius Slayton as a wide receiver three, Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver three. The question is, does Golden Tate play in this game? And if he does, I would probably knock Slayton and Shepard down a little bit. Uh, it's not really a Giants team that I'm excited to get invested in with for, for fantasy, even despite the Eagles' awful defensive performance in Week 13. Excellent stuff, Joe. I love it. We are all ready now for Week 14, ready to rock and roll. We should also point out, or at least I'll point out, I've got the two best holiday gifts you could give anybody. MyFrontPageStory.com. It's a reporter who calls you and talks for 10 minutes about whoever you want the story for. It is amazing. Looks like it's on the cover of a newspaper. It's framed myfrontpagestory.com or Cameo. You want your boy Ross to give a little shout out to somebody for the holidays? Happy to do it. Just go get the Cameo app and hit me up. Other than that, I'm stuffed. Joe, that was awesome. Very, very well done. Although you should never eat anything well done. It should be medium rare, but that's a story for another day. Uh, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.